This is DWMOD. That's disagree with me or don't. And it's here, guys. It is here. The 2021 NFL Draft. And we are ready to go with our annual episode, an extensive breakdown. And Andy St. Clair is back again, our DWMOD Vegas expert, although we're not going to get into any uh, specifics as to gambling on picks right now. We're just going to be breaking down the draft. And y'all remember Andy from our Super Wild Card Weekends and our NFL Challenge during last year's playoffs. He's back. So buckle up, get ready. We got a lot to get to and let's get to it. Yes. <laughs> I'm Mikey Wilson and this is DWMOD. Yeah. Michael Jordan is a baby and a liar. Don't. Hut, hut, hut. Isaiah Thomas deserved to be on the dream team and Jordan kept him off it. Ready? Aw, Lions fans drinking that Kool-Aid Super Bowl. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hut, hut. Quinn and Patricia are in job-saving mode. They're going to get fired this year for it, and we're screwed. Again. Don't. Now, Jim Harbaugh's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. He can't develop any of the four- and five-star guys he's brought in. I don't get it. Hut. They're not going to put sweet Lou Whitaker in the Hall of Fame. Please. Baseball writers of America. What a bunch of old white assholes. Ready? The greatest professional wrestler ever. The macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah, because the cream of the crop will always rise to the top. Yeah. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. I'm excited. I'm excited. I love the NFL draft. This is an annual episode for us. And this year, we're going to go more in depth than we've gone in years past. So stick with us. We're going to cover a lot of teams because, quite frankly, we got a lot of different listeners out there right now. But as always, we will have a major focus on the Detroit Lions. We're going to hit that one hard, guys. And let's just start right there. Before we dive into our uh, round one mock draft, uh, let's dive in right there and discuss first the Detroit Lions. Okay, this is a complete rebuild. This is a complete rebuild, and it needs to be done right. So I'm going to be on the record right now as saying I do not want to see a quarterback, a tight end, or a wide receiver get drafted in the first three picks, or I'm going to pull my hair out. I'm going to pull my hair out. I don't care what quarterback falls to number seven. I do not care if Kyle Pitts falls to number seven at tight end. I do not care if no one takes Lamar Chase until number seven and he's on the board for us. Do not take any of those guys. And I'm going to tell you why right now. Because they will be a Detroit Lion bust if we take them. We are in no position to get those guys to football. We are in no position to let those guys be playmakers. We are in no position to be developing a quarterback. What, bring him in and let him sit behind Goff and learn? I'm not knocking Goff. I, I hope the guy turns out well. You listen to other episodes. I'm not going to get long-winded on that. I hope he turns out well. I'm not knocking the guy. But it's not as if you're bringing somebody in to sit down and learn behind Brett Favre. Okay, and and the whole notion that, well, we draft him now and we let him sit and we let golf play and then we bring in other guys later and bring them in around him. No, no, you do not rebuild a winner like that. We already shit the bed last year by picking a corner number three overall. And I'm not knocking that guy. 
Akuda might turn out to be one of the better corners in the league. He wasn't last year, and he didn't do a whole lot of good for us, as we predicted. Uh, you drafted a guy third to make a bunch of tackles while teams are running a clock out on you. But anyway, not going to get long-winded on that because we did that last year. The point is, in a rebuild, you got to hit the trenches. you got to hit defense. On those first three picks, I better not see anything. But offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, maybe edge rusher, uh, those are the positions we need to hit in those first three picks. And this draft is deep with tackles. This draft is deep at edge rusher, okay? It's not extremely deep at linebacker, but there should be some good ones available for us at the top of the second round that we should be looking to take. And at that number seven pick, if we don't go offensive tackle, I mean, if Penny Sewell falls to us at seven, you take him, okay? You even consider taking... Rashawn Slater, if he's sitting there at seven, I'd really consider taking him. I think he's that good at tackle, too. Now, I know we paid Decker. He's sticking around a while, but you don't pass on those two tackles if they're sitting at seven. You take one of them. If neither one of them are, then I'm going to tell you right now, some quarterbacks have fallen, some wide receivers around the board that other teams really want to get their hands on. People are looking to move up in this draft big time. You back yourself down. You trade down. And speaking of trading down, that's going to bring us to our first listener's question of the week. You guys knew we threw it out there. Tweet us any questions you have about the draft. If we get some good ones, we're going to air them. And our first question is from listener Jeff Pop. Jeff Pop tweeted us, uh, if you're the Detroit Lions, how far down in the first round would you be comfortable with if the trade package included a 2022 first rounder? So Jeff's asking us, if we're the Detroit Lions, how comfortable, how far back would we be comfortable going if that package included a first rounder? Uh, Jeff, I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody's offering us a 2022 first rounder right now, this is a complete rebuild. I'd be comfortable going all the way down into the 20s. I mean, I'd be comfortable if the Saints wanted to jump up and try to get one of these quarterbacks or something, or if the Packers wanted to jump up and try to get one of these wide receivers. I'd be comfortable going to 28 or 29 if they're going to give us a first rounder next year because this draft is deep in offensive linemen, and this draft is deep on uh, edge rushers. And I'm telling you, down at 28, 29, we could get a really good one of either one of those. A at 28 or 29, we might be able to go interior linemen and get one of my favorite linemen in this whole draft. I think this guy's a can't-miss and a killer on the, inf the interior offensive line, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. This dude is good and can move around. You think uh, when you when you think about this guy, you think the Colts a couple years ago grabbing Quentin Nelson, and you see what that does for your run game, and you see what that does for pass protection. If we move down to 28 or 29, and this is hypothetical, I don't think we'll move to 28 or 29. I'm I'm telling Jeff I'd be comfortable going that far because even if there's a run on tackles, we could get this guy out of USC, and I'd be happy with him because we had a first rounder next year. Okay, now you're gonna have the people. You are going to have the people that are going to be quarterback, 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 and I don't understand this every single year in the draft. We act as if next year no one has quarterbacks playing college football. Like next year it's going all straight wildcat and there'll be nobody to draft. I mean, you know, they try to play like this is a really good draft class of quarterbacks. They're trying to there's five guys going to go in the first round. Okay, but do you think all five of these guys are that great? I mean, last year – did you know at last year's draft time, did you know who Mac Jones was? He might have, not, not thinking he was a first-rounder, a Heisman candidate. 
you sure as hell didn't know who Trey Lance was. Okay, and these are two guys they're talking about going really high. So my point is, at this time next year, there'll be five quarterbacks that they're looking at going high in the draft that have come along. Colleges are developing quarterbacks now, guys. We got to get out of that mindset of it being, you know, the 80s and the 90s where like, oh man, there's only so many guys that really excelled in college and are ready to play in the pros right now. These guys are coming in playing as true freshmen now because high school football is 10 times better. And when these guys guys are in college playing as true freshmen they're getting a couple years under their belt and by the time they come into the nfl they're ready to play okay so next year there's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks on the board we may not even be ready for that next year as the lions we better face reality we may be looking at taking one two years from now but we sure as hell don't need to take one this year let it go let it go man trade back or take a lineman and let that wide receiver thing go too. I know there's going to be some good ones on the board and they're going to be available at seven, but I'm telling you right now, we do not need to go out and try and grab weapons for a guy, Jared Goff, who probably won't even be here in two years, to be honest with you. We need to draft guys that are going to be here and set the foundation. I've laid it out. Interior on both sides of the ball, edge rusher, linebacker, first three picks. I don't want to see anything, anything else than that. Now, we'll dive in a little harder on the Lions when we get to pick number seven. Now, there's one more thing. There's one more thing I want to address here before we dive into this mock draft. And that's how interesting the draft is going to be this year. Because uh, I'm a big guy that uh, potential is a swear word to me when it comes to the draft. Because it seems like we are constantly, not we the Lions, but as NFL teams and fans, we are constantly struck with potential. We want to grab these guys that could develop into these stars all the time. And to me, potential is a swear word, okay? This isn't basketball where guys can jump right into the pros, hockey, you know, at a young age, and you do develop based on potential. Uh, this is the NFL. These guys have to play three years in college, okay? And for me, if you haven't sorted it out in three years and you're still living on that potential of what you might be, I'm going for the guy that figured it out. I'm going for the guy that can play football you know what I mean and I bring that point up because we don't have uh, the giant witchcraft and mascary that is the combine this year and it happens every year some guy will go into the combine and he will blow the numbers off the chart running against air jumping against air and he'll blow the numbers off the chart and we'll be like this guy's a freak didn't perform very well yet but he's just figuring it out he's got potential and sometimes that works out, guys, but that's a diamond in the rough. And I'm never a big fan on that. And, and, and let's dive into the Lions again here because we do that constantly, constantly. We will take a guy high based on potential like a Ziggy Ansah, and and the guy will not pan out. The guy will not pan out. And he's a great example. No disrespect to Ziggy. He's going to have himself a little career there, and that's fine. We drafted that guy really high. And based on, based on, his combine stuff. And this is a guy that came in undersized as a defensive end, thin, but they sold us on, but he's long and he's a problem because of how quick and athletic he is from that combine stuff. Well, why do you think he did so well on all the quickness and running drills at the combine? Because he's undersized for a defensive end. I mean, these other guys are, you know, 280, and this guy's coming in a lot smaller than that, and you're shocked that he's blowing them away in the 40 and the quickness drills and the cone drills. and the. I'm not shocked at all. Then when a big tackle gets his meaty hooks into him, guess what happened to him every every year? Injured. Injured. They folded him up. You know what I mean? I think I'm making a pretty valid point here. You can go light up all those times, and, and sometimes it's because 
you're undersized at the position. I don't want to hear the potential, you know? So to me, potential is a swear word. I've been through this a bunch with people. Um, I like a guy that can play. Give me a guy that can play. Now there are exceptions to every rule. Quarterback is one where you're going to need some development. I know I just said those guys are ready to play right away. Most of them are, but that's a position we'd all agree you need some development. And there's one or two guys in this draft. Uh, there's a guy we're going to touch on later who basically just started playing football in 2016, and his you know he's extremely fast, blows the numbers off the charts, but he's a bigger guy, and that's a guy that I'll take a flyer on potential wise because he hasn't been playing football all that long. You know what I mean? It's interesting to me because we don't have the combine this year to go on. We're really going to have to to look at what these teams do based on watching tape and showing up the pro days. And it's going to be an interesting draft because I think you're going to see more so than years past, a lot of guys get drafted on their ability to play football, not their ability to run a 40-yard dash or beat a cone drill. So it's going to be fun, I think, because you're going to see football players get their due this year. You're going to have to save all that potential and what a guy might do and just apply it to, uh, you know, basketball players that have just converted into tight ends. I'll take potential on that. We'll see how they develop. That seems to work. Other than that, I'm out on that. So good for the football players this year. Let's see what happens. And on that, let's get to it. Let's get it started. 2021 mock draft. Here we go. All right, welcome to the show, Andy St. Clair. Uh, you ready to go, buddy? All right, Mr. Wilson, it is NFL mock draft time. A great time of the year for um, downtrodden franchises. Some hope. Now, that's definitely one way to look at it, for sure. And so, I mean, you know, we start with number one, the worst team. Can we give them some hope? Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And and the New York Jets. Let's just bang the first two picks right now because uh, we know where these two guys are going, right? We know who these picks are, right? First off, Jags, Trevor Lawrence, Jets, Zach Wilson. Number three is your first interesting choice. What are the 49ers going to do in Shanahan? Agreed. Agreed all the way. We know number one is going to be Trevor Lawrence, and we know that the Jets are all in on Zach Wilson. But that does bring us to a pretty funny uh, listener question we got. Todd from Florida wanted to know, why did Trevor Lawrence even bother with a pro day? Uh, Todd, I got to agree with you. I got to agree with you, man. What was the point? We all knew that he was going to get drafted. And then did you see this thing unfold at all? Like uh, Urban Meyer was down there like getting uncomfortably close right up on Trevor Lawrence while he's throwing, like trying to mess with his head and see how he reacted or something like the guy didn't play in enough big games or something like Trevor Lawrence was joking about it. Like I had to go over and tell coach like, Hey, could you tell coach uh, Meyer to back up a bit, man? He's like right in my line. I'm trying to throw. And I, I just don't even know why they did any of that. I agree with you hundred percent. Todd, what a dog and pony show, man. They sell tickets for that thing or something. I don't know, but that's locked up. And Zach Wilson seems to be locked up with the jets too. And a lot of the the pundits and experts out there seem to have a problem with how easily the Jets have landed on Zach Wilson over a guy like Justin Fields, or they seem to be big on Trey Lance. And I'll tell you why I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this pick because uh, Zach Wilson fits the new NFL style. So does Justin Wilson. uh, I'm sorry, Justin Fields, and, and so does Trey Lance. But here's why I think they land on Zach Wilson over those other two guys. Number one, he's got a better arm than the other two. He just does. Justin Fields got a good arm, but but Zach Wilson has the better arm of the three. There's no doubt about that, and it's his improvement. 
It's how much he jumped from 2019 to 2020. In 2019, this kid had 11 TDs, 9 interceptions, and completed 62% of his passes. In 2020, he had 33 touchdowns to 3 interceptions, completed 74% of his passes, and he also ran for 10. This kid can run. Now, he's not putting up the best 40 time like Justin Fields, but this kid ain't slow. This kid can run. He's mobile. He gets outside the pocket. He creates plays outside the pocket, and he's got a cannon for an arm, and he showed this last season that he's really starting to understand the game. I think that's why they land on him, and I'm fine with that. I think the kid's got a huge upside, and like I said before, I like guys that already have shown development in college. So we agree who we think the first two picks are going to be, and you're right. Number three is where it gets interesting. And Andy, what do you think? What do you think about Shanahan? And he sold he sold out a bunch of picks to move up. He's dead set on getting himself, quote, as he said this week, a starting quarterback right here at number three. And what are your thoughts? Um, seems like everybody wants to say it's going to be Mac Jones. It's I think it's going to be him or uh, Trey Lance. And uh, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. And I think it's going to be kind of disappointing that way. Just seems crazy to me to take Mac Jones. I'll disagree. I'll disagree with you there. I, I, I don't disagree with you that it's crazy to have traded that many picks away to move up to get Mac Jones. But I will disagree with you that it seems crazy to pick Mac Jones over some of these other quarterbacks. And here's why. Two quick reasons I'll give you why. Number one, Shanahan said in the press conference he is looking for a starting quarterback. He's looking for a guy that can come in and start right now, and that's Mac Jones. It's not Trey Lance. He's a development project. He's a guy you're going to bring in and have to let sit. I mean, let's face it. They are cutting Jimmy G. They are letting him go if they cannot move him on draft day, which they're going to try to do, which I don't see anybody uh, giving up anything for. So they're going to get rid of Jimmy G. So he's looking for a starting quarterback right here, and that's Mac Jones. Again, it's not Trey Lance, and a lot of people feel like it's not Justin Fields day one. And also, number two, my second point is going to be Kyle Shanahan's system is not uh, the new style, mobile, outside the pocket, improvising quarterback with a big arm. It's Matt Ryan. It's Jimmy G types. It's these guys that understand his game plan, are going to sit in the pocket, make the reads, develop, you know, uh, deliver the football. And again, that's Mac Jones. And they say of all the quarterbacks in the class, this is a guy that tests off the charts with being able to pick up an offense, knowing what reads the coach wants, and hitting his guys. And you saw that at Alabama. So that's why I don't think it's crazy. I'll disagree with you. I think Mac Jones is exactly the guy that Kyle Shanahan wants. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe uh, he'll be good. Well, they're hoping so up in Frisco because they have a Super Bowl defense. We'll both agree on that. Here's another intriguing pit. This is where it gets interesting to me. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. What are you thinking? Four, the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to go with Kyle Pitts. I can't say that I think you're wrong on that, and they are strongly voicing that coming out of Atlanta, that they're going to go with Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think it's a ruse. I think it's a ruse to trade because – they got all this crazy talk going on about trading Julio Jones. And here's where things get kind of crazy for me, and I'm going to get a little long-winded on you. Okay, they're talking about trading Julio Jones, right? But they cannot trade him for 2021 draft picks. They can only trade him for 2022 draft picks because he's got some crazy clause in his contract where none of this can happen until June 1st, and I think that's to protect him from being moved during the draft. So they can't trade him for any capital during this draft. So if they trade Julio Jones at all, it's just going to be for draft capital next year and to dump him, and that has nothing to do with this pick right now. 
other than are they looking to replace his productivity or are they saying we're moving on from that contract and we're starting a rebuild because Matt Ryan is getting a little long in the tooth. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I do feel they can get what they want to get right here, which I think is a quarterback, because this is the perfect situation for a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields to sit behind a guy like Matt Ryan and you know learn and get ready to step in and play. So for me, this is a trade spot, and if you've been keeping an eye online, some of the rumors flying around are a couple of teams. Uh, number one, the Cardinals. I don't even understand this rumor. They added A.J. Green. Uh, they've got Hopkins. Fitzgerald is still very productive. Uh, I just don't understand where this rumor is even coming from, and it wouldn't be worth what it would take for them to give up to move up to grab a guy like Pitts. This is not happening, and neither is the Dallas Cowboys move. Okay, Jerry Jones is popping off at the mouth. This is not happening. He's got three quarters of his payroll wrapped up in wide receiver and running back and quarterback on the offensive side of the ball in Dallas, and they've got the worst defense in the league. So put that to bed. The Cowboys are not moving up to get pits either. So forget both of those. A few dark horses here may be like uh, the New York Giants. Be a great weapon. They'd love to put Pitts with Daniel Jones and Barkley coming back, and they got a pretty good offensive line there in, in New York. They're missing a piece maybe. That'd be great. And part of the, the lure here is they could trade Evan Ingram in this deal. They could send Evan Ingram to Atlanta. But, uh, you know, this is the darkest. I don't think that the Giants are going to want to do this. It would cost them too much capital to make this move, and they don't feel like they want to give those picks up right now and that would put Atlanta moving way too far back in the draft so I don't think this one will happen either that's a real dark horse and the last one that I just don't think is going to bear any fruit is the Jaguars they've got that extra first round pick they acquired from the Rams uh, a lot of people are saying that maybe they'll they'll move up to get pits to put with Trevor Lawrence and I you know I just don't see that happening either because they've got a ton of needs and they're not going to give up that capital uh, it would cost them a lot more than just that one pick. And moving forward, they just have too many needs to be dropping picks like that. And also, again, puts Atlanta moving way too far back in the draft. So I told you all that <sighs> to tell you this. Here's what I think will play out here. I think Miami moves up and swaps with them from four to six. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would Miami move back to then move up? By moving back, though, guys, they acquired a lot of cap. And I don't just mean first-round picks. They acquired some other stuff, too. So by moving back, they acquired some things that they can then use to jump up and still hold on to some other, some other picks that they acquired, right? Now, we know the going rate for Pitts is floating right now at a number one and a number two next year. If you're Miami, you've acquired that capital and some. If that's your guy, go and get him for Tua. If you're afraid that they're going to take them in Atlanta, then jump those two spots, take them, make the move. Now, I know they could sit tight and stay at six, and they could still land Lamar Chase. They could still land Devontae Smith. They could still land Jalen Waddle, right? But there is that fear that Pitts goes forward to Atlanta. There is that fear that then the Bengals are then going to take Jamar Chase, and then you're going to be left with taking either one of Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. Now, that's not a, you know, a nothing to scoff at but they want their guy go get their guy because at the end of the day you got a ton of picks and the ones you're giving up ain't yours man just go do it and it works out perfectly for Atlanta because they can move back to number six they can acquire a number one and a number two for next year and they can take their quarterback to sit behind Matt Ryan 
they can take Justin Fields right there at number six. And they're also in a position right there where other teams are going to want to maybe swap with them again to move up to try to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance. So it puts them in a great spot to acquire more capital if they're going to go ahead with this rebuild. And it's also going to give them the option to take the quarterback they want. Brilliant move for Atlanta if they can pull it off. But I'll say I think that's what happens. Miami and Atlanta swap here and Miami takes pits. And that takes us to the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think they do. Uh, I think they go Jamar Chase. A lot of people like him for that old lineman, but uh, I'm going to go Jamar Chase because I think Burrow, Chase, back together again from the LSU days. Let's just let's just put them together. Uh, let's get all college quarterbacks back with their wide receivers when they were good. <laughs> I love it. I do. I love it. That's a fun pick. It'd be fun to see those guys back together. Uh, But I'm going to disagree with you again here on this one. Man, as fun as that would be, I just cannot see Cincinnati passing up Penny Sewell. I mean, you just can't do that. You got a quarterback who just got hurt because you couldn't protect him. And Sewell is a bona fide high first round offensive tackle. And you got to go with Sewell. So I, I got the Bengals taking Sewell here. I'm just not one for putting flashy sails on a sinking ship. You know what I'm saying? You got to start plugging holes before you go down. So that takes us to number six. Now, you got Miami picking here, but I got Atlanta picking here on the swap. So who you got Miami taking? I think at six, Miami is going to go with Waddle. I think they're going to take Waddle, the wide receiver for Alabama, to go with Tua. Okay, doubling down, doubling down on reuniting guys from college. Okay, man, putting your money where your mouth is on that. Uh, that is a, a scenario that's very likely, very likely to happen. Uh, but I got Atlanta picking here after the trade, and I think Atlanta takes their guy. They take Justin Fields. They move back. They get a one. They get a two for next year. They take Justin Fields, and they're going to bring him along, and the rebuild is on in Atlanta. Sorry, Falcon fans. And here we go. Here we go at number seven. Let's dive in on my Detroit Lions. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm excited about the rebuild because what else can you be excited about in Detroit? We love them. What are the Leos going to do? And I'm telling you right now, Andy, if you tell me they're picking a quarterback or a wide receiver, I will kill you. The Detroit Lions. I think the Lions got a couple choices here. One, I think they're going to trade that pick to the Pats, Redskins, I mean, some of those sort of teams. I, I would be shocked if it was in the division, so it won't be the Bears. Or they are going to take Sewell or... They're going to take a wide receiver because they could use that. Uh, and they're going to take Devontae Smith. Or they're going to choose this person, who I think they're going to choose, at number seven. I think they're going to go with a quarterback. And I think they're going to take Trey Lance. I don't think the Jared Goff is going to be that important. You know, ultimately, I think the Lions have a bunch of picks coming. So why not take your quarterback now, let him sit, let Goff do Goff things for a year or two, and then go for it. I will kill you. I will kill you right now. No, no, Andy, no. We cannot take Trey Lance and let him sit behind Jared Goff for two years while we have nothing else going on and put a bunch of other draft picks together and then hope Trey Lance is going to step up and be able to play in his third year and he's going to have a year left and an option year left on that rookie deal. Like, there's no way we're turning a quarterback draft pick into any kind of playoff run before that rookie deal is up. We're just not in that position, man. I'm going to disagree with you hardcore on this one. Now, here's where I like where your head was at. If Sewell does fall in your scenario, he doesn't go to the Bengals and he's here for us. We take him. You take him. He's a can't miss tackle. That's where we need to build. That's where we need to draft. But I'm telling you right now, this is a trade back. 
This is a trade back for the Lions. In the long, you know, uh, crazy scenario where maybe Pitts falls to number seven, we're definitely trading because you're going to get a lot of draft capital for him. With Fields and Lance on the board, I cannot see the risk of us taking them outweighing selling those two guys to another team that's going to give you ones and twos moving forward. I'm taking the ones and twos. By drafting Fielder Lance in this spot, you are saying, I think this guy can turn this franchise around in three years. And I'm telling you right now, the second coming of Jesus couldn't turn this franchise around in two to three years. You know what can? A bunch of draft picks. Uh, Go get the picks. Now, the other temptation here is going to be to take a guy like Jamar Chase, who on my board is still available, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. They're all still on the board for me right here in my scenario mock draft. And if they are, again, trade down. There are so many teams that want those wide receivers. Again, you can acquire some really good picks, and those guys are not going to team up with Jared Goff and put you on a playoff run. It get Trade down. Trade down. There are so many good players right here that people want. You got to trade down. If they if they draft a wide receiver or a quarterback here, I'm going to set my my computer on fire. If we get offered some great kind of trade for any of those players that are on the board, I am taking that again. I am taking that. But in the case that we aren't and people are going to move around behind us to try to get these people, uh, I'm telling you right now, if Sewell's still on the board, I am taking him. And if he is not, which on my board he's not, I would have the Lions take Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle, out of Northwestern. If either one of those two guys are there, I'm fine with them taking him as long as we're not giving up some kind of crazy multiple first-round draft pick move up to get one of these quarterbacks. If nobody's really offering us a ton, I'm fine with taking either one of those two tackles but I really think we're going to get offered some good trade bait for some of those quarterbacks or receivers. Lions trade out right here, I believe, or wind up with an offensive tackle. And Andy, I will deal with you later. I will deal with you later. You just did that to get my goat. You got my blood pressure up. You got me all fired up now. Now I'm upset. Anyway, just move on to number eight. Let me catch my breath. What do you, what do you got going there? Number eight, I think the Carolina Panthers, what they should do. Here's what I think Carolina should do. One, I think they should trade Bridgewater to, like, the Bears. Uh, I know I keep trying to find a quarterback for the Bears. I just don't think you could be very comfortable with Andy Dalton's your quarterback. So I would do that, like, for a fourth rounder, something like that. But I, I think Carolina at, at eight is another trade spot because I think Fields is going to go at nine to the Broncos. So if they hold it, they're going to take Sewell. They're going to take a lineman maybe to help Darnold. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point on a couple uh, things there. I'm going to agree with you. You know, moving Bridgewater would be great. If you get a fourth-round pick, that would be great for him. I agree with you on that one. And also, I think you're dead on. Broncos might be in the water for a quarterback, and a lot of teams are going to need to jump in front of them right now if they want to get their hands on fields, and that makes this eight spot a big-time trade spot for Carolina. A lot of people think this is going to be the spot where the Patriots are going to move up. I personally don't think it's going to be the Patriots because I personally think that Bill Belichick has got his eyes secretly on Jimmy G. I think he knows his system. I think he's going to wait for the Niners to cut him, and he's going to go out and get him and bring him in. And why waste moving around draft picks to try and move up and get a guy that you're not certain with? I really think Belichick's holding out for Jimmy G here, and I think the Niners um, are going to wait for them to blink because they think they're going to get something out of New England for him. That's why I think this is going to go down between those two teams. We'll come back to that later. Anyway. 
I think you're right. I think another team could jump up here to try to get Fields in your mock draft. He's still there, and mine, Fields, is gone. So I feel that here, Carolina, in my mock draft, uh, Carolina Panthers are going to take Trey Lance. They're going to take Trey Lance. I know they got Darnold. I know they got Bridgewater. They're going to want to move Bridgewater, like you said, and competition is good. Sam Darnold's going to need a push. Trey Lance is a guy that gives them some options moving forward, and Darnold's only like a $5 million against the cap cut, so if you like Trey Lance, you'll roll with him the next year. Let these two battle it out. Anyway, I got the Carolina Panthers taking Trey Lance. Now, at number nine, you said you think the Broncos are going for fields at number nine, right? At nine, the Broncos are going to take fields. I just think they should take a quarterback. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if that line, Micah Parsons, the linebacker for Penn State, goes to Denver at nine because Denver always seems to draft defensive guys. If Fields is there, if he's there, I'll agree with you 100%. If he's there, I think they should. But I think that uh, Fields is going way before that or somebody's moving up to get him before that. So I'm going to say this. If the Broncos are still sitting at number nine picking, they haven't moved up, then they're not going for a quarterback. I think they know if they want to get one of these guys, they're going to have to move up. And if they don't and they're picking at number nine, it's not going to be QB. You pointed out Broncos love to go defense, and I agree. Broncos do love to go defense. And Micah Parsons, the best linebacker in the draft, is sitting here for the Broncos, and a lot of people think that they might grab him. But you can disagree with me or don't on this. If you're playing football in the AFC West, you better be able to cover some guys. Patrick Mahomes. David Carr, and Justin Herbert. And all those teams like to chuck it. So I feel like the defensive pick here for the Broncos is going to be Patrick Sertan from Bama, and the Cowboys will miss out on him. I got the Broncos taking Patrick Sertan. So that takes us to pick number 10, and we both agree that the Cowboys will be sitting here at number 10. They have not moved up for Pitts. Forget about it. And at 10, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to take uh, Sertan, the quarterback for Alabama. Okay, that's fair enough, man. On your board, he's still there. And, of course, if he's still there at 10, I agree with you 100% that they are going to take him. He's not there in my mock draft. He's gone, and I'll agree with you that they have to go defense, and it's going to have to be in the secondary, man. So maybe they try and swap spots with Denver at number nine to get Sertan, but if they don't, I think they'll be happy with taking former New Orleans Saints legendary wide receiver Joe Horn's son, J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina. I think they'll be happy with that pick. He's going to be a good player. And that wraps up the top 10 for us. So how do you feel about that, buddy? How do you feel with your choices at this point? So that's my top 10. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Uh, that's my same reaction here. So that's my top 10. I mean, it's like throwing darts, uh, you know, in the dark. You, you, these things are impossible to pick, right? But before we move on to number 11 through 20, uh, let's take a minute to pay the bills here, guys, right? And let's take a minute to give a nod to the official beer of the DWMOD podcast. That is Old English 800. I'll be having a few on Thursday night while I'm watching the draft. Just shoot me a splash of orange juice in there. Have myself a brass monkey while I'm enjoying some delicious, better-made potato chips made right in Detroit. The best potato chips in the world. Hands down. You know it. Get yourself some barbecue or whatever your favorite flavor is. You know I'm going with the Blue Bag Ridged Plain. That's an awesome salty chip to be putting with some Old English 800. Hey, and if you got to drive or maybe you're just off the sauce anymore, man, you're trying to get your life right, I respect that. Get yourself some delicious Fago beverages, also made right in Detroit. Rock and rye, grape, red pop. Get yourself some tasty Fagos, and let's enjoy the draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Going to be a good time. Going to be a good time. Okay, moving on now. Moving on to the second half here. Uh, at number 11, 
Now, Andy, I know you got a hard out here because you got a lot of busy uh, Hollywood stuff to do here, my man. You're a busy man, sought after man. Uh, so you're going to stick around for a few more picks for us here. And before you get out of here, let's just get through San Diego at 13 because uh, I know you, you like the Chargers, you like Herbert. So let's just get through 11, 12, and 13 with you. And then you throw us some parting shots on what you think it happened the rest of the way. And we'll take it from there, buddy. So where, where are you at with number 11? The Giants are up at 11, okay? So I think the Giants should take uh, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, but I don't think they will. Uh, I think they'll probably take that lineman, that O-lineman from Northwestern there. Rashad Slater, Rashad Slater, which, I, you know, I already had him off the board for me. And um, I'll agree with you, though. These are two great picks. I mean, if Smith is there or Slater is there, both great picks for the Giants. But they went and spent the money in the offseason already. They get Kenny Galladay away from Detroit. Uh, he's going to be a big-time receiver for Daniel Jones. I think they want to keep protecting Daniel Jones or maybe go edge rusher here. But I think they go big hog up front. I think they go offensive lineman. And if the Lions didn't trade out and they didn't take Rashawn Slater already, I'll agree with you. The Giants will take him right here. But if he's already gone, I think they'll just move right on down the list to Christian Derisaw, Virginia Tech. Okay, number 12, the Eagles. A lot of talent left on the board. What are you thinking? Uh, the Eagles at 12. Honestly, I think they should take Devonta Smith. Don't think they will. Probably, probably some defensive guy. I don't know who. Maybe Farley or Micah Parsons. Maybe the Eagles should take uh, Parsons at 12. Parsons would be a great pick at 12. Be a great pick at 12. And, of course, when you say uh, Farley, you're talking about Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia Tech. And, yeah, that's a huge need for the Eagles. They really do need a corner. Uh, but they, I don't think they can pass up all the wide receivers that are left on the board right here. And you're going to be throwing Jalen Hurts to the Wolves. Uh, you know what? He, you got to get him some help here. So I agree with you. They should probably take, for you, it was Devontae Smith still available on your board. On my board, I still got Jamar Chase out there. Believe it or not, Jamar Chase is still available on my board, which I know I'm going to be dead wrong on that. He's not going to slip this far. But, hey, love me, Eagles fans. Love me, Eagles fans. I've got Jamar Chase falling to you at 12, and the Eagles take Jamar Chase. Okay, at number 13, your boy, Justin Herbert, the San Diego Chargers. What are they going to do? The Chargers. Just you, You've got a great quarterback in Herbert. Put Devonta Smith there with Keenan Allen at 13. Just kind of like that. Yeah, I agree 100%. They got to go wide receiver here. They got to get him something to compliment Keenan Allen on the other side. Uh, you say Devontae Smith. Uh, I got Jalen Waddle still on the board for me. So for me, San Diego's grabbing Jalen Waddle right here. Okay, I know you got to head out. You want to throw us a couple of parting shots, just a couple of things you think might happen down the stretch. A few others uh, for the rest of the draft that I, I think could be interesting. I, I think uh, I think the Bears, for example, are going to draft a wide receiver. I think they should, though. You could, they, again, they're going to argue that you can get a good wide receiver later. I think the Titans should draft a wide receiver. I think the Steelers are going to draft uh, Najee Harris, running back at Alabama. So that seems like a good spot. I don't know who else the Steelers have. They just kind of have to do it. Um kind of interested in uh, Asante, uh, Asante Jr., uh, the cornerback from, I think, FSU, for like Cleveland, maybe Baltimore uh, at 26, 27. Uh, I think Baltimore is also going to take a wide receiver. <laughs> I feel like I keep, I keep saying wide receiver, but I think Baltimore is going to take one at 27 or 31. I feel like they have to. They're going to get an O-lineman and a wide receiver. And uh, I think Green Bay should take a wide receiver as well. So I, I, I feel like I got about six wide receivers getting off, off the board. And I don't know if I mentioned the Titans at 22, but they should also take a wide receiver. 
So I think there some people are going to reach, and I think it might pay to be at the end of this draft. You're going to some good players are going to slip down. Um, I wouldn't. I you know I've read just like you that the Bills are going to take Etienne, the running back from Clemson, at thirty, and I think that would be a pretty sweet fit. So that's just kind of my quick thought of the last twenty. I'm really interested to see who gets uh, Devonta Smith because I think that guy's going to be might be good, and somebody's going to get a, a good talent there, probably in the double digits, at wide receiver. All right, buddy. Well, we'll let you get going, man. And as always, uh, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you being here. And anytime, anytime you want to come back, man, you're more than welcome. And I'm sure we're going to have you on a bunch once the season starts uh, cracking down those Vegas odds for us. And we'll see you next time, buddy. Now back to business for us. Uh, Viking fans, don't think we're going to leave you hanging. I know where we left off. Minnesota Vikings at number 14. Okay, defense is a huge need and edge rusher is exactly where they need to go. And I think they're going to go ahead and grab Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay out of University of Michigan. That's who Minnesota is going to grab. And a little help on their defense could put them right back in the mix in the NFC North again this year. And that brings us to Bill Belichick, the mad genius, and the New England Patriots at number 15. Everybody seems to think, everybody seems to think that the Patriots are going to be moving up to try to get themselves a quarterback, which is so not Bill Belichick, but it's a need. It's a need, and everybody seems to think that they are going to do it. Here's what I'll say. If the Niners waver, and they do not take Mac Jones, and they take Trey Lance, or they take uh, Justin Fields at number three, then I say you will see the Patriots move up to get Mac Jones. He's the type of guy that Belichick loves. System guy, smart guy, hits his targets, gets rid of the ball. They'll move up to get Mac Jones maybe. If Mac Jones goes to the Niners, I think you're going to see the Patriots stamp at, pun intended. They're just going to sit right where they're at, and I'm telling you, I think Belichick's waiting for the Niners to cut Jimmy G, and he's going to grab him. He's going to grab him. Or they're going to trade some kind of third rounder or something for him maybe. But I think he is set on going that route and using his picks the way he does. And especially in this position in my mock draft, with Micah Parsons still sitting on the board, I think you're going to see the New England Patriots take Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. And that takes us to number 16, Arizona Cardinals. Now, they have addressed a lot of needs in free agency. They went and got J.J. Watt. We all know that. They went and got A.J. Green. We all know that. So where does that leave them with the 16th pick? Well, I think it leads them in an NFC West spot that's just like that AFC West spot we talked about before. You better be able to cover, guys. You better be able to cover, guys. You got Russell Wilson. You got whatever the quarterback situation is going to be up there in San Francisco, but you know Shanahan's going to have them throwing the ball around a bit, and you're going to have to deal with Matt Stafford now in L.A. So you better be able to cover, guys, and that's why I think the Cardinals are going to go with Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. And that takes us to pick number 17, Las Vegas Raiders. What will Chucky do? What is Chucky going to do? Chucky being John Gruden, and here's where I think they're going to go. Uh, O-line's a big need for them. They lost a couple in the offseason, and by a couple I mean a couple. And Carr is going to need protection. And here's where my guy comes off the board, I think. This is where Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC will come off the board. He can slide between guard and tackle, and they got a lot of blanks to fill here. So you can move this guy around to patch some holes, and he can play anywhere. This guy is one of the best linemen in this draft class. Elijah Vera Tucker to the Raiders at 17. 
at number 18, the Miami Dolphins are back on the board here. Okay, so the Dolphins grabbed Pitts uh, with the trade from Atlanta in my mock draft here earlier. So you think that maybe they want to go O-line to try to protect Tua here. But on my draft board, Devontae Smith is still available. And these Bama boys would love to be reunited and it feels so good. All right, all right. I promise I'll never do that again. But this pick will make Andy happy. Reuniting these guys, putting them together. I think that's what the Dolphins will do right here. Now Tua has Pitts, and he's got Smith. He's got the weapons that he needs. And like I told you before plenty of times, this draft class is pretty deep with offensive linemen, and the Dolphins pick twice again in round two. They can address the line later. That brings us to pick number 19, the Washington football team. Now, a lot of people think they might be trying to move up to get a quarterback, and they very well may. But this is a team that's legit right now, okay? They do need a franchise quarterback. After they busted on Dwayne Haskins when he, you know, uh, pandemic titty barred himself right out of the league last year. But they're sitting at 19. And the question is, how many teams are going to be willing to move that far back in the draft? So a better option for them would be maybe in round two or three trying to grab a guy like Kyle Trask or Ian Book and see if they can bring him along behind Fitzpatrick because this team is good enough to win right now and keep rolling. Fitzpatrick will be good enough to get him into the playoffs and they can let a guy develop. So I think right here you'll see them take a chance to completely solidify that defense in the only spot that they really could use an upgrade, and that's at safety. The Washington football team will take Trayvon Morig, safety, TCU. And that brings us to the Chicago Bears at number 20. Hate them. I mean, hey, I'm a Lions guy, right? I wish that they could draft Jay Cutler every single year and that he was a vampire and would live forever and be their quarterback forever. That being said, they need secondary help pretty bad, pretty bad. And I think they're just going to take a local kid from right down the street at Northwestern and they'll take corner Greg Newsom from Northwestern. At number 21, the Indianapolis Colts, and this is pretty interesting. They made the Wentz move. Uh, I'm on the record. I think this is going to work out. I think Wentz is going to be good being reunited down there at the old offensive coordinator. And the Colts are good everywhere. They are good everywhere, man. Now, they could shore up that already awesome offensive line with a legitimate left tackle here, and this is the draft to do it in. It is pretty deep, and there will still be a few left at this point. But edge rusher is a bigger need for the Colts right now. So I got the Colts taking Jalen Phillips, edge rusher, Miami. At number 22, the Tennessee Titans. Now, they lost a whole damn secondary in the offseason. And they also lost a whole damn receiving core. So they could go either way right now. Uh, The defense needs help first, though. Because let's be honest, the Titans are going to do what they do. They're going to ground and pound the football on offense with Travis Henry behind that awesome offensive line. So, yeah, they're going to go defense here. And it's going to be secondary. They will take Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback, out of Florida State. And it's kind of funny. I'm realizing uh, everywhere here where Andy said he thought wide receivers were going to go and they are needed, I keep going with corner. But we'll see what happens. At 23, the Jets are back on the board via the trade with the Seahawks, okay? So don't be stupid here, Jets, right? You didn't do a good job protecting the last quarterback you drafted. So let's get smart and let's protect Wilson, okay? You're going to take Wilson with the second pick, give him a tackle, give him some protection, and the guy to do that right here is Tavon Jenkins, okay? Uh, He's out of Oklahoma State, and here's a quick stat for Tavon Jenkins. 
He only allowed 11 quarterback pressures in 623 pass-blocking snaps over two years. Yeah, go get this guy, Jets. Protect your investment. At 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I agree with Andy 100%, and it seems to be the general consensus from everybody that the Steelers are going to do what they want to do here, and they want to ground and pound the football as well in the AFC North, and it's going to be Najee Harris. He's a big back. He's a power back. He's got some breakaway speed, and it's going to be Najee Harris out of Bama for the Steelers, and they'll continue to have a big pound and running back. That's what they do. It's Pittsburgh. At 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars are back on the clock for another pick here that they acquired from the Rams, and they just got Lawrence. They've got some weapons on offense already, especially receiver DJ Chark. He'll be back and be healthy this year, and we'd like to uh, pat ourselves on the back. In 2018, we selected DJ Chark as the sleeper wide receiver in that draft class, and he had a 1,000 yard season the next year. It's been a carousel of quarterbacks for him, and he dealt with a little bit of an injury last year, so I expect DJ Chark to be back and be a good weapon for Trevor Lawrence. That being said, the offensive line isn't bad. There's not a tremendous need here to jump up and get somebody to protect Lawrence immediately. The big, big hole for the Jaguars is interior line on defense. They really need defensive help, and they need it up front. They need some kind of interior presence so they can free up Clavon Chase on off the edge. And the pressing matter here is this is not a deep class for interior defensive linemen. There is one guy to go and get, and if you need him, you go get him right here because the dude is legit, and that's Christian Barmore out of Bama. And I think the Jags are going to take Barmore right here. Next up at 26 is the Cleveland Browns. Now you know I'm going to spend a few minutes here because this is one of my other teams. I love the Brownies, and they are good all over. And in the offseason, they added Jadavian Clowney to play opposite Miles Garrett. And they're all set on offense as well. Pretty good everywhere. Best run-blocking line in the league. Uh, I'd say linebacker or corner here, okay? But there's been a run on corners in the draft so far in my mock draft. And not too many linebackers off the board. So I'm going to lean linebacker here. And I'd love to see the Brownies grab JOK. And that's Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, and he is a linebacker out of Notre Dame, and here's why, guys, okay? He had the second-highest slot coverage grade of any player in the country last year at 221 pounds. He's solid, and he clearly moves laterally very well. Maybe that's somebody that can spy Lamar Jackson. That's just a great fit. I love him for the Brownies right there, and that really puts them over the top on defense in this division especially. Like I said, that's somebody that can spy Lamar Jackson. His skill set fits. Go get JOK. Now, speaking of the Ravens, they're up next at 27. Now, we know they traded away Orlando Brown. Now, you're not trading away that guy to immediately try to draft his replacement, I don't think. And they've got a really good defense with no glaring holes. They could use a receiver for Jackson right here, and Minnesota's Rashad Bateman could be a great complement to Hollywood Brown. But I'm going to say the interior O-line is a need right here. Protecting a quarterback like Lamar Jackson does not just mean a strong left tackle. That's why they felt comfortable trading him away. Lamar Jackson is mobile and moves around a lot. You know what's helpful to a guy like Lamar Jackson, what he likes to do? The lanes that interior linemen create while pass blocking. Now, having two picks in the first round after making the deal with the Chiefs could give them the ability to move up in the first round to get one of the big three wide receivers, Chase, Smith, Waddle. But if they haven't, I think they're going to go interior O-line here. And if you watch the Ravens at all, you know that they need a steady center. 
Okay, neither Skuka or Makari is comfortable in that spot. They both had serious problems snapping the football, and we saw that late in the season that really hurt the Ravens. And let's just let those guys move on and play guard where they're meant to play. And the answer here is simple. Uh, it's, it's Landon Dickerson, the center out of Bama. Whew, that was long-winded for the Ravens there, but we got there. I think they really should take the center, Landon Dickerson, out of Bama. Moving on to number 28, the New Orleans Saints. Now, a big need for the New Orleans Saints is also interior offensive line, but we've about depleted the guys worthy of a first-round draft pick here in this group. Now, they could go slot receiver to help out Michael Thomas, which would be smart. And Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss is the best slot receiver in this class. Go ahead and take him right here. Don't overthink it. And now at 29, it is the Green Bay Packers. Oh, the soap opera that is the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. But you know what? They need defense, 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 okay? They'd probably love a good slot receiver right here, but you know what? They can grab that guy in the second round because guys like Rondell Moore out of Purdue and Terrence Marshall out of LSU and Kadarius Tony out of Florida even. He could switch, you know, play slot, play, play wide out. These guys are going to be around. Maybe they can go get a guy like that in the second round, man. So for the Packers right here, I think it's a no-brainer if a guy like Aziz Ojolari is still on the board. Outside linebacker from Georgia, take this guy right here. He's going to help you out big time on defense. This is exactly what the Packers need to do. Probably going to piss Aaron Rodgers off, but you can get some help later on in the second round. Now, number 30, the Buffalo Bills gets really interesting because, as Andy stated earlier, everybody seems to think that they're going to take ETN out of Clemson. Uh, it'd be a great fit for them at running back, give them another offensive weapon. They could really use them. But for me, disagree with me or don't right here, I'm not going that route because I'm going to tell you this right now. Buffalo's got a good defense. But the starting edge rushers combined for nine and a half total sacks last year, okay? And with young quarterbacks in the division like Wilson and Tua, you don't want to let these guys sit around and get comfortable like that. Now, you remember at the beginning of the podcast when I told you there was a guy who just started playing football in 2016, kind of a project, but man, is he looking pretty good already, and he's off the charts athletically. This is where I think the guy should fall. His name is Jason Owe. He's an edge rusher out of Penn State. Now I know I'm going against my own potential proclamation here, but this kid's only been playing football for four years and his production level did jump immensely last year. Not to mention, like I said, uh, his pro day was mind-blowing. Now this isn't an undersized guy, like I said before, that's running good times. This is a guy that's 6'5", 260 pounds, and he ran a 4'3", Okay, he's long and explosive. He's got a 40-inch vertical. And the best part about this is Buffalo can afford to draft this guy and develop him. It's a great fit. They can bring him along slow because the defense is already good. I wouldn't miss out on this kid right here. If I was Buffalo, I'd take him. Jason Owe, Penn State. Baltimore Ravens back on the board from the trade with the Chiefs right here at 31. And now go ahead and take your receiver. Take Bateman out of Minnesota, and there you go. And that brings us to our final pick in the 2021 NFL Draft first round. And the Tampa Bay Bucks are returning all 22 starters from the Super Bowl winning team. Okay? And this is where I feel that the rich just might get richer because they're going to get exactly the one piece that they kind of need. 
I think they're going to get Travis Etienne out of Clemson. He's a great runner. He's a great pass catcher. He's a great third down threat. Brady will know exactly what to do with this kid. And like I said, the rich get richer, and it's a huge upgrade for the Bucks right here. So that's a complete 2021 NFL uh, first-round mock draft for you there. But we're not done yet, Lions fans. Here we go. Let's talk Lions in the second, third, and fourth round. Okay? Now, I assume there will be a lot of wide receivers on the board still that will be enticing for the Lions to want to consider. And here's just a few of them. And, again, this list is with the understanding that I'm sure I didn't completely nail the first round. So you still might have Bateman from Minnesota on the board here. You might have Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss and Terrence Marshall from LSU. But you can eliminate those last two guys because I think the Lions feel pretty good about Quentin Cephas as the slot receiver. So you might consider Tony out of Florida – they think he can play wide out, but again, he's the guy that they think might have some route issues, kind of a freelancer, but I'm not going to get long-winded on wide receiver right here because I'm going to stick to my guns. Pass on all of these guys. You don't need to take a wide receiver. We need to build from the inside, okay? We can get a linebacker or an edge rusher here, and we could get a very good one. We could land a very good one because this draft is is pretty deep in those spots, okay? We get a great linebacker like Nick Bolton from, from uh, Missouri or Zach Collins out of Tulsa. I mean, obviously, I'd love to have JOK out of Notre Dame. I explained to you why, and, and he might even be available here still. Remember, we talked about him with the, the Browns to try and spy a guy like Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's a guy that moves laterally very well. He's a great linebacker. He may be available here. And if he is, we should absolutely take him. If he's not, another linebacker I really love in this draft class is Jamin Davis from uh, Kentucky. Okay, he's the same type of player. He runs a legit 4-4. He's a smart coverage guy, and he set the high jump record for linebackers on his pro day. What's jumping mean to a linebacker? Well, for a guy that moves laterally, it just means he's explosive. A kid that still may be available here right here is the edge rusher that I really like out of Penn State with the upside. He's only been playing football for four years, Jason Owen. He may be available here. I would grab that kid, man. Or you may even have a shot at getting Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, the guy that I, I said that the Packers should take. He may be available here for us. He'd be a great fit, and he still may be on the board right here. There's just too many good players that we can add on our abysmal defensive side of the football that we need to take before we start grabbing weapons for Jared Goff. And there's still going to be some pretty good offensive linemen here. I'm telling you what. And if we didn't get a tackle in the first round, now might be the time to take one because I think there's only about three or four of them maybe off the board at this point, and they're pretty deep in this class. But if you don't want to go tackle, interior linemen may be a spot to go here. Now, I don't expect that my favorite interior guy, Elijah Vera Tucker, is going to be on the board still right here for us to take. Uh, if he is, uh, I'll do a dance and we should take that guy. But Walker Little from Stanford may still be on the board here. He's a great offensive lineman. And another lineman that I really like is this Ranoons out of uh, North Dakota State. Not sure exactly how you pronounce the kid's last name. Uh, Radoons, Radoons, however you pronounce it. I don't know. But here's what I know. I like the kid. And here's why. Uh, he was the highest rated pass blocker at the Senior Bowl. And his only knock is that he may be undersized at tackle. That's why this guy's going to fall down the draft. Well, that plays for us. 
because we don't have to play him at tackle. We could move him into the interior where he could play even better. I mean, so that's a that's a win-win right there. He, he might be able to play tackle. If he doesn't, we move him inside, and he's still just as good at pass protection. And there's one other guy I'd love to see him take a run at, maybe with their third-round pick or, or with that second-round pick, maybe if he's available. I don't know. I'd take a run at this Division three kid out of Wisconsin-Whitewater, Quinn Mainers. Now, don't laugh, okay, because Tampa Bay went all in with a high pick on a Division three guy just a few years ago, and he started in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to tell you right now, Marpet is a legit NFL starter. In fact, the entire interior line for Tampa is small school guys, and they're all beyond good, okay? Guard center guard for the Bucks, respectively, Hobart College, Colorado State Pueblo College, and Humboldt State. Okay, the truth is tackles are more times than not going to come for your power five schools because these guys are monsters coming out of high school. These guys are six, 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 eight, three, thirty super athletes. They're monsters. They wind up going to the big to the power fives regardless, just based on their size. Okay, that's where they go play in college. But more and more interior guys are coming from small schools and it makes sense. Okay. They have the size, and they have the the ability. Uh, they just needed to grow and develop a little bit, all right? And they get plenty of playing time at these smaller schools to get bigger and to develop as players rather than go to a bigger school, a Power 5 school, and ride the pine and sit the bench for five years. You know what I mean? They never get to tap into their potential that way. Now, I know what you're going to say. It's a huge step up from D3 to the NFL. Can he handle it? Well, all the scouts seem to think so, as he's ranked as one of the top 60 players in the entire draft, okay? After winning 60% of his one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl, this kid started to shoot up the draft board. Had a great pro day. Oh, and by the way, those practices at the Senior Bowl, the only practices and the only football this guy got a chance to play all year because Division Three football was canceled. He didn't play at all just rolled I mean I'm not going to say rolled off the couch he was obviously working out but grabbed his backpack with his shoulder pads and helmet showed up at the senior bowl everybody thinks is a d3 guy he's not going to be able to handle the competition level at the senior bowl and he's winning 60 percent of his one-on-ones imagine what he might be capable of when he actually gets up to game speed here Now, another interior guy that I really think we should keep our eye on for that third, fourth round, maybe fourth round pick is a guy named Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Okay, he's a converted defensive lineman, which means he's explosive. And he led the FBS in big time blocks among interior linemen, which basically just means he's a violent blocker. Now, that's a rundown of list of guys that I think we should consider with that second, third, extra third and fourth round picks okay so that's picks uh 41 72 101 and 112 now i'll end on this okay even though we started our rebuild with a fantastic decision of taking a corner number three uh we still need another corner because he didn't exactly set the world on fire and our secondary is terrible so here's a dark horse down the stretch uh just a blind dart in the dark here that maybe we take one of these guys in the fourth or fifth round uh i'm gonna say tay gowan out of ucf or eric stokes out of georgia those might be some guys we might want to add to the secondary but 
I'm telling you, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be upset with grabbing a wide receiver maybe with that second third round pick or a fourth round pick in that area somewhere if we need to, but please for the love of God, Detroit Lions, for the love of all that is holy, please let us do this right this time. Do not draft a quarterback with the first 3 picks. Do not draft a wide receiver with the first 3 picks. Address the issues on defense. Build the interior, offensive and defensive line, and we will go get our skills and quarterbacks next year. I promise you guys, there are going to be quarterbacks playing football next year that will be available in the draft next year. And guess what? I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to promise you there's going to be quarterbacks playing two years from now in college that will also be available in the draft the following year. We do not need to feel the urgency to go grab development projects like Trey Lance. We do not need to feel the urgency to try and grab a guy like Justin Fields. We don't. I think Justin Fields could be a very, very good pro. I think he could be a starting quarterback, maybe even an all-pro player if he lands on the right team. We're not that team. We're not ready. Those guys will all be busts with us. So please... For the love of God, Detroit Lions, do it right. Well, that's it, guys. That's a draft breakdown. We'll be tuning in Thursday. We'll be tweeting Thursday and Friday from the draft. Send us your tweets back. Uh, thanks, everybody, that submitted questions. Uh, if we got to them, appreciate you. And stick with us, man. We'll see you next time.